Have you heard about the Grand Canyon? The Grand Canyon, yeah? <laughs> well, you even here in, in Mexicali, people have heard about the Grand Canyon, even if they don't, haven't been there. You know, but they don't know about the Colorado River and it's, you know, in the backyard, so. When most people think of the Colorado River, they conjure images of the Grand Canyon. As these mesmerizing images of frothy wild current evoke, the inherent constant dynamism of the Colorado is what makes it one of the West's most cherished attributes. But, in fact, this famed river is suffering. The Colorado is the faucet of the West, but the thirsty mouths of American and Mexican consumers have tapped out this once mighty river. Though copious water consumption is perhaps the largest culprit, it is only one of many factors driving the river's vanishing. A history of intensive use and extraction, including the construction of dams, increasingly water-intensive agriculture in desert states, and the anthropocentric mentality of exploitation has led to a plethora of challenges that we are left to handle today. And these issues lead to a multitude of difficult questions. How and who will mitigate these problems? Can the river continue to sustain us if we continue to plunder it so recklessly? Or perhaps the hardest question asks, is the river even worth saving? Morals aside, the Colorado's gushing Class V rapids in the Grand Canyon seem little more than a mirage in Baja, California, where it reaches an anticlimactic demise at Morelos Dam near Yuma, Arizona. The Colorado River is receding into Mexico. Not long ago, the crusty, cracked, and heavily salted flats that comprise most of the Colorado River Delta today were green and teeming. In 1922, on a hunting field trip with a friend, naturalist and writer Aldo Leopold lauded its cornucopian qualities. We found it a beautiful large stream, banks overgrown with drooping willows and a series of pools, full of herons and lined with waving willows of the most delicate green, considerable beaver and some deer tracks. Quail are everywhere, quite a coyote chorus during the night. In 1922, Leopold was spoiled with what is now a considerably diminished natural bounty. In 2018, the Colorado flows from a channelized wetland and through Morelos Dam to form a four-foot-wide creek, a humiliating fragment of river left to disintegrate across miles of mudflats and cultivated farmland. It's discouraging, at first, to know that the region has lost at least 90% of its historical wetlands. If it is, in fact, worth trying to restore an exploited region, to what standard do we restore it to? These questions induce a rabbit hole effect of despondency and, often, inaction. But it only takes a few motivated individuals to instigate positive change on a landscape. Today, Leopold would smile upon the hard work and dreams of some of Northwestern Mexico's most dedicated, passionate environmentalists. At the beginning, Sonoran Institute as a nonprofit, we are um, working with different partners for restoring a little section of the Colorado River. That's Gabriela Ortiz, a 34-year-old environmentalist who lives in Mexicali. Gabby works for the Sonoran Institute, a nonprofit working to restore the Delta to a semblance of its former self. 
and Sonoran Institute is working on this area. There's For Gabby and the Institute, restoration requires a two-pronged approach, reinvigorating ecological biodiversity and increasing community awareness around the river. Gathered underneath the breezy cottonwoods at Laguna Grande, one such restoration site along the delta, Gabby informed us of the goals and current state of the Institute's main restoration projects. And there are different habitats along the riparian corridor. And um, what we want to do is to reestablish uh, different habitats for different animals or wildlife that are mm -hmm. on the riparian corridor, but they're different ecosystem. Like The ecological restoration component entails reforestation. Select sites along the river have been purged of invasive species and reforested with native ones, like mesquite and coyote willow, seedlings of which are grown at the Institute's small tree nursery. By re-establishing forests and protecting wetlands, other animals and plants will naturally repopulate the area. Uh, a fact that I always remember is that 10 years ago, before the forest, there were around 50 bird species registered in the whole delta, and now we have more than 360 after just seven years and there's a little bit of water. Only seven years old, the trees require consistent monitoring and irrigation, but as their roots reach the water table, the forests become more self-sustaining. But while many restoration efforts have been successful, it hasn't always been easy to gather the awareness and support required to bring back an entire 100-mile stretch of river. And even if it was, Tourism is a double-edged sword. Very restricted access, and we actually don't want people to come <laughs> that much. Uh, we are bringing people on very regulated visits with schools and uh, group visits. We know and we're very aware that there is still a lot of education needed in the communities around, because we can put the forest or everything we've done in danger if we don't take care of communicating what this place is. This is not a recreation area, and right now it is a restoration area with very limited activities. For now, though, an influx of visitation might be a welcome problem for the future generations of the Delta's stewards. Today, it's all about starting small and increasing local awareness, while keeping in mind those larger dreams as motivation for progress. Little by little, tree by tree, individual by individual, the Delta will change. These changes can't happen without a dream. And in the Sonoran Institute, you don't have to look very hard to find a big dreamer. Francisco Zamora is the program director. And Francisco is also the Sonoran Institute's dream machine. So my dream, talking about dreams, my dream is that if people in Mexicali you know, it's a Saturday or Sunday, and they say, well, wh where should we go? Oh, Laguna Grande Restoration Area. Let's go to the river. Regenerating the river's intrinsic versus extractive value will ultimately foster a sense of pride and appreciation for a river that is otherwise taken for granted. Most of the people that come here, they live with a different perspective of what we do, and most of them live very touched by all this work and they leave with a different meaning for restoration and for the meaning of the river. So, With nurturing, the delta is healing. And though it may be years until it is fully restored to satisfy a Leopoldian eye, for now, history serves as a benchmark worth striving for and, in doing so, 
will create positive ripple effects that transcend wetlands and nourish the hearts of desert communities. I'm Nina Moore, and you've been listening to National Public Lands Radio.